What's the secret to your hair, Dr. Lisa? I get that question so much. And what I have changed recently is using my Nourish Collagen Peptides from the Nourish Balance Thrive line. As you know, before I ever put my name on anything, I test it out for months. And so therefore, I have been using this product for a long time before it ever became available to you guys. Why am I loving this product so much more than any other ones that I've ever used? A, this is grass-fed collagen. So if you are dealing with post-COVID hair loss, if you are dealing with a Hashimoto's diagnosis or a hypo or just low thyroid diagnosis and you're losing your hair, or maybe you're noticing your hair just isn't as thick as it used to be when you were in your 20s, right? There's so many of us noticing that. You might want to add some collagen into your routine. And the Nourish Collagen Peptides is from grass-fed cows, so you're going to love that. You're not going to get all the nasty hormones or whatever else that might be in conventional products. I am always looking for the cleanest source available. What else? If you're looking in the mirror and you're noticing those laugh lines, or if you can pinch your skin and it doesn't like rebound back as fast as it used to, that means the elasticity of your skin just isn't there and we want to rebuild it, nourish it so it can thrive, right? So the Nourish Collagen Peptides will do just that. And obviously as a chiropractor, I love this because it is good for your joint health as well. So Nourish Collagen Peptides has type 1 and type 3 collagen peptides in it, which are great for, like I said, hair, skin, and nails. So if you are dealing with laugh lines or thinning hair or creaky joints, you're going to want to grab a container of the Nourish Collagen Peptides. You can mix it into your smoothies, into your coffee. You can mix it into like your brownies if you're eating that drlisao.com, click the shop link or click the link below. An Ironic Media Production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while, trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant, best version of you. Are you ready? Let's do this. All right, let's talk organ meats, because if you're eating nose to tail, we've got to obviously incorporate organ meats. And if you have little people at home, right? Like how many of us have those memories of when our parents were cooking liver? Like I literally, the smell is still in my head from when I was a child and my mom would always try to tell us that it wasn't, but we could actually, you know, smell the difference. So if you have a little person at home, it's really hard to get them to eat organ meats. And so my guest today is James Berry and he has created a product that is super easy to get them in. And obviously, since my whole philosophy is healthy living simple, something to help make healthy living simple, I'm going to bring him on. So James Berry has over 16 years in the culinary field. He started as a private chef cooking for celebrities such as Tom Cruise, George Clooney, Gerard Butler, Sean Puffy Combs, Barbara Streisand, and John Cusack. James started Wholesome To Go, a healthy, high-quality food delivery company that served under his leadership in the Los Angeles area for eight years. But most recently, James launched his first functional food product, Pluck, an organ-based all-purpose seasoning. 
It's the first of its kind and an amazingly easy and delicious way for people to get organ meats into their diet. So it's not just for the little people. If any of your big people too, it's going to be hard. This is an easy, simple way. James is also a published cookbook author, having co-authored the recipes in Margaret Floyd's book, Eat Naked, and co-authored the follow-up cookbook, The Naked Foods Cookbook. He most recently co-authored the recipes in Dr. Alejandro Younger's book, Clean 7. So we're going to deep dive into organ meats, how to source organ meats, how we can kind of ease into eating organ meats. But if you want to check out his product, go on over to eatpluck.com. So E-A-T-P-L-U-C-K.com. And use the code Dr. Lisa O to save 10%. I'll also put the link in the show notes below. We're gonna have an amazing conversation today, all about organ meats. And I also wanna know how in the world you ended up getting into this. I can probably assume, but I wanna know your story. So fill us all in as to uh, how you ended up deciding to do this, this product. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Dr. Lisa. It's such a pleasure. Um, so I've been a chef for over 16 years. Um, I, I, you know, I started loving food at like seven. I became a professional chef in, I think I was in my thirties. It was like 2004. And, um, and so, but my pursuit of food and how I cook and why I cook is really about how do I help people get healthy? And cause I recognize that we all just kind of gravitate towards our addictive like qualities, like, you know, like towards sweets, towards comfort foods. And the majority of those things are just not healthy. Um, so I've been really kind of on that search. And I think it was becoming a father that inspired me to really continue to think, how can I get nutrient dense foods into my daughters or into my family? And, and really it starts with, well, you got to identify what is a nutrient dense food. And of course, you know, you, I think you can identify, it's like, you look at the way people market what's nutrient dense. That's not necessarily nutrient dense. So true. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. I call that the, the illusion of health. You know, it's like, it's so important. I always tell people like when you're at the grocery store, don't fall asleep at the cart, because mm -hmm. if you fall asleep at the cart, you, what happens is you look at the front of the, the label of the product and that says something and it emphasizes something it's marketing. They don't legally have to tell you what's on the product on the front. The front is all about marketing, catching your eye. The back is the legal part. The back is where they have to actually identify what this is, the truth of what's in it. And so uh, I'm, all, I'm always just about like, how do you get, first let's identify what the nutrient dense foods are. And then how do we easily get it into the diet? And at one point, now I did not grow up eating organ meats. So right. I'm, it's not like I come from this, you know, hearth like uh, th this this farm you know i grew up on a farm and we ate like you know the west Knight price style you know our, my entire life it's like i'm i came to this later i came to this from culinary school and um and so for me it's about okay well how how do i get this whole food into my diet but easily and, yes. and in a way that doesn't require a new habit because you know i think when we require new habits we fail or it doesn't stick and I, and I want health to stick. I want, I want it to be sustainable, not just this, you know, fad. And, um, and so I identified organ meats. Organ meats are mother nature's multivitamin. They're the most nutrient dense food on the planet. It's bioavailable. It's easily absorbed. 
And I was like, okay, organ meats, but no one's eating them. <laughs> right. <laughs> no one's eating them. No one knows how to cook them. Um, no one knows where to buy them. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like no one knows how to source them. And so it's like, uh, so how do I do this? And I, and, and, and then it was like, okay, well, organ meat supplements already exist. And I know they're getting the quality of those are mostly coming from New Zealand, um, which is really clean sources. And it's like, well, why can't I just get that? And then add spices and herbs to it to make it taste better. And that's, that's awesome. kind of where it all came. And, uh, and I'm happy to report that I, I think I've succeeded. I mean, we launched in January of last year and the feedback has been phenomenal. I mean, people are saying like, oh my gosh, I don't get a gag reflex when I, when I eat, I usually get a gag reflex when I eat organs. I don't get that with your product. My kids love it. Um, I'm putting it in all my food. I feel great, you know? So I think we've succeeded. I love it. And I think I see it so often with parents. It is. And like you had just said, you wanted to figure out how to get nutrient dense food for your kids. And, you know, I saw it with my sister when all of a sudden she realized I'm growing a baby. What are, what toxins am I exposed to on a daily basis that I kind of dealt with? And then all of a sudden it cleans it up, right? Like that's that turning point is when we've got little people (laughs) that we're figuring that stuff out for. And I love that you've made it simple because that's the whole, the whole thing about our podcast here is how to make healthy living simple. Because when we go in, because I've seen it for 20 years in my practice, where patients will walk in and say, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and ABC and all of this, and I'm going to do it next week. And they fail at it all. And then they come back and they're like, you know, I tried that once, you know, Hey, I tried organ meats. I can't do that. Like, no, you've made it simple. You've made it sustainable. So let's really, I told you right, like right before we hit record, I've been using a supplement line in my practice for you know, the 20 years that I've been in practice, it's been around for, it was actually the world's first multivitamin, but it literally has bovine you know, organs in it. And it has been this explanation for the last 20 years of my practice as to why we're giving them a multivitamin with a bunch of organ meats and people would just freak out. But this is the best time period now because with carnivore, with everything else, everybody understands the importance of organ meats. But if we don't, let's just go back to the basics. Let's talk what exactly, what are you considering organ meats? Yeah, I think it's such a great question because we are so we assume organ meats is like the liver, the 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 kidney, the heart. Those are the three common answers to organ meats. But organ meats, we need to remember organ meats. The other name is awful, which is you know uh, not the best name, but it, it but it refers so it's O F F A L, and it refers to they think it the name came from when you're butchering an animal, it's the the or the parts of the animal that are falling off. So that's where they think awful comes from. And really what awful is, is it's, it's ultimately everything in the animal except the muscle meat and the um, bone. So bone marrow is awful, but not bone. Oh. And, and if you think about it, so, so awful can mean like, so I mentioned liver, kidney, heart, those are the common ones, but the less common that people are not eating as much because I think it's also an issue of uh, sourcing, but you know, you have the spleen, the lungs, the testicles, the ovaries, the brain, brain is supposedly amazing, but so hard to get uh, the thymus and pancreas, which are known as uh, sweetbreads, um, bone marrow, as I mentioned, uh, tongue, lips, ears, skin, tail, blood, the blood shows up in other countries. It shows yeah. up in like, you know, Ireland in the blood sausage or what they call black pudding. Um, stomach lining is known as tripe. So whenever you hear someone say, oh, I put tripe in this, that's stomach lining, uh, feet, 
Um, chicken feeder, if you ever make bone broth, chicken feet are amazing for bone broth. Um, another name that you hear for pig feet is trotters. And then uh, intestines. And intestines actually show up in um, Southern food. If anyone's ever had chitlins, chitlins, uh, they use the pig intestine for chitlins, which is actually really interesting because um, organ meats have quite the history. You know, if you think about it, our, ans our ancestors ate it. And when I say ancestors, people, people immediately think I'm talking about our paleolithic ancestor. No, I'm talking about our grandparents, Yes, <laughs> our parents, depending <laughs> on our age. Like I'm not talking that long ago mm -mm. And, and they ate it. You know, you talk to, I know I talked to my mom and she says, oh yeah, I, I, we had liver and onions constantly. And I loved it. And I remember she would tell me, uh, she grew up in Brooklyn, New York. And when they went to um, get like a chicken, they would go to the, the, the poultry shop and the chickens would be alive. And they would literally pick out which one they want and then come back an hour or two later and it would be a warm carcass. They had just plucked it, killed it, everything right then and there. And I was like, oh my God, they were so much more in touch. Mm -hmm. And this is not, she's, she's like 76. So she's right. not that old. You know what I mean? So it's like just that far back. And she, they were already still so much more in touch with where did their food come from? Now we just, it's, 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 it's at an arm's distance, you know, it's covered in plastic or something. And you don't really know, well, what part of the animal is this? Or what am I eating? Or, you know, even even like the full the whole, like just focusing on chicken, the whole carcass is rarely even bought nowadays, it's pieces of it. Mm -hmm. And then it's skinned and deboned. And it's just so it's not really you're not connecting this, what this is. And so I think it's interesting, because in America, we are not eating organ meats the way the rest of the country or world is. Mm -hmm. And we're also something like 92% of Americans are nutrient deficient, but yet we're not calorie deficient, right? No, <laughs> have, absolutely not. <laughs> we have an obesity <laughs> epidemic. Yeah. Right? You know what yeah. I mean? So, so we're eating food, but we're not getting calorie rich food. And that says everything to me, absolutely. everything. And I think that so much, I don't know when you grew up, but I was, I'm a kid of the eighties. Right. And I remember my mom like cooking liver and it's that smell, like, you know, like when you're cooking, it was that instantaneous, like, oh my gosh, I know mom has liver on for tonight. And I just don't want that, but that wasn't, I mean, I'm going to date myself, but that wasn't that long ago. I don't feel like, but so we know like seventies and eighties, we were doing it. And then I'm trying to figure out like, why did we as America go so far astray? But think of what happened in the nineties was that low fat diet, right? Like yep. that's, we can go into the food guide pyramid oh, and all that. Right? Cholesterol. right. Low cholesterol. We can't do those things, yeah. but it is, it's, um, I even think of, you know, I'm Polish. And so my parents and my grandparents would always make Polish kielbasa and that casing, right. That's yeah. intestine. So yeah. I would always be like, this is so, why do we have to do this? Oh, Scotland's got haggis, which is oh, a sheep, mm -hmm. calf heart, sheep mm -hmm. or calf heart, liver and lungs mixed together with suet and oatmeal. And then in other seasoning, and it's boiled in the stomach of the animal. I mean, you just, it's like every, um, uh, uh, Mexico has menudo, which is, uh, which is beef stomach. I mean, you know, every other country's got something. And I was mentioning, um, chitlings. So chitlings yeah. is interesting because back in the day, it's really a slave food because back in the day, the plantation owners would, would slaughter a hog and they would keep the muscle meat, the, 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 the best part of the, you know, I'm putting quotation marks yeah. in the air as though the muscle meat's the best part, but actually historically it's not, but they, they would say it's the best part. And then they would give the slaves, the intestines and the parts of the animal that they didn't want to eat. And that's wow. where chitlins comes from. Um, so I, I really do believe actually to, to a degree that we lost favor with organ meats 
because of the, the economy and, and socioeconomic bigotry and whatnot, all these different things, because basically people, when, when after World War II, you had a, a lot of families, now you had two people in the household working. So before World War II, you had, it was mostly just the male, male person working. Then at, during World War II, when the male was in, in the war, women started working. It was huge liberation for women. And, and so then when they came back, the women were like, I don't want to stop working. <laughs> well, good for them, which is they should have. They should have been working way before that. But, but now you have two people in the household working. You have, for most households, you have more income coming in. So it was like, oh, well, we're making more money. We, should, we deserve the more expensive cuts of the animal. But no one was connecting that to nutrition. It was more about the price. Like, oh, we, we deserve this. We, we can now afford this. And so we're going to step into this. And, and the reality is, is anyone wanting to save money, buy organs. They're cheaper. Right. They're, they're cheaper than must meat and they're better for you. And especially back in the day, I mean, they always said, you know, it's like the heart to help heal the heart. It's the adrenals to help heal the adrenals. Like, right. And like. so, yes, like supports like, yep. Mm -hmm. Which makes and, sense if you think about it, like, cause organs are designed to support the, like, so a lot of people think, um, like the liver and the kidney are, we all know that they're filtrations, they're filter systems, but they think that that's where the toxins store. And that's actually not, they're not designed to store toxins. They're designed to break down toxins so that the toxins can leave your body. So they support the toxins to becoming water soluble so they can leave through your pee, your poop, or your sweat, right? Because those are our detoxification pathways. And of course, in an unhealthy animal, and human too, when I say animal, humans are animals, right? So in an unhealthy human or, or animal, then that detoxification pathways aren't as open. And so, yes, th that is where you want to really think about quality because then in those circumstances in an unhealthy person, yeah, the organ, the liver, uh, whatever organ it is, liver, kidney, that may not be working proper, but properly, but normally toxins are stored in fat or they leave your body. And so if you think about it, the organ has all those nutrients and vitamins because it is designed to you know, to, to change, to get those toxins out of your body. So it has this plethora of nutrients to do that. And so it makes sense that those nutrients, if you eat a liver, it's going to support your liver because it has the nutrients that your liver has as well. You know, same with the heart coenzyme Q10 is in the heart. It's the one organ that has that. And that's also what, you know, that's in bovine, that's in sheep, that's, you know, it's in other animals and it's in us. So you eat that heart, it's probably going to support your heart. So I, yeah. I, I love that. I, the exchange of energy, the like supports like it's an ancestral concept, but I think we're already, we have to admit that, um, you know, our modern times are, are, we're now realizing, like when you look at agricultural systems, that the regenerative agriculture, for example, is more conducive towards a healthy planet than what we've been doing. Well, guess who did regenerative agriculture? Uh, Native Americans. We just, we decimated that culture. We decimated those people, but yet we're now learning that actually these ancient, these ancestral ways are the way we should have been doing it. And yes. if we oh. don't go back to those, we, we could end up destroying our society. Oh, absolutely. Look at what's happening with the bees and everything else right now. And what's going to, oh. you know, like I just, it, it, it is, it's one of those things I think we need to realize where people oftentimes will look at somebody like you and me and how we're eating and all of that. And they're like, Oh, it's so high maintenance. <laughs> it's so much to do, but it really isn't. And so, like you said, you've made it simple, but it's also, this is so sustainable and it's something we need to do just not to, for our own, 
of her like, planet. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. You have so, to, and, and I really do want to connect to like, you know, I mentioned the, the deficiency that's going on the 92%. That's just what they've measured. Right. And anytime there's any number out there, you need to know that it's higher than because it, because whenever they do these, they only measure like a thousand people, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then they take that and they apply it in, to, to entire society. And they assume that that's got to be 92%, but you have to assume that it's always going to be higher than whatever they say. So I, my guess is that's it's probably more like 99.9% of yeah. people in America are nutrient deficient. And I correlate that with, well, okay, we're not eating nose to tail. Mm-mm. And yet our ancestors did. Mm-hmm. And so I have to connect that. Like, it's not about finding a new magic pill. It's not about figuring out in the laboratory how to isolate something to then get it in our diet. You know, I, I really do believe it's about, no, we got to go back to these ancestral foods, whole foods where yes. they're, they're properly raised. They're, they're, they're humanely treated. The conditions are, are, you know, are, are conducive towards health. Get back to eating that nose to tail, that variety, the variety of that animal and, and, and move away from this kind of like very structured, very bland, very, uh, uni, you know, yeah. one way of the very nutrient void, like yeah. everything cut out of a box or a can is like literally just hardly any nutrients. You're just, it's sustenance is all it is. Yeah. So and it's not working. It's not, working. no, it's not working. We're the fattest we've ever been as a yeah. country. We're the sickest we've ever been. Right. We're on the most meds in the whole world, but we've got a supposedly world-class healthcare system. It's so, yeah, yeah there's so much. I really, I say it all the time on this podcast is we've got to follow the money. And obviously, uh, I'm a chiropractor, right? So <laughs> I have figured this one out a long time ago. There is no money in healthy people. They will pay for, no. you know, a half a million dollar back surgery over 50 bucks to the chiropractor. <laughs> so anyways, whole nother story. <laughs> Let's talk about the sourcing of animals because like you had just said, and I'm even that person that I've said it in the past. Like I remember waitressing at the country club years ago and they were eating, you know, all had liver and they're like, Oh, this is so great. Don't you want someone? I was like, I know what the liver does, but this is also coming from a conventional cow. So I was like, eh, not up for it. However, like you had just said, if it's a healthy animal, so what are your qualities for a healthy animal? What is something that we're looking for? Yeah. So, so I would say, you know, the qualities are the animal that's aligned with nature. So animals are rudiment, you know, they're herbivores, they're ruminant animals. They, they, will eat grass and they eat agriculture. Like they use land that actually is not really conducive towards growing monocrops or anything like that. So, so animals really, when you look at a regenerative farm, I mean, the animal is a part of the process. They are contributing to the entire whole and, um, and they have to be grass fed to do that. And, and one, one myth is that people don't realize is that all cows, cause when we say bovine, we're saying cow that, that, that refers to a cow but all cows are grass fed. They're just not all grass finished. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that you distinguish when you're looking for that quality of grass fed and grass finished. Pastured uh, doesn't necessarily mean, so, so there's a few different terms and none of them are regulated. So there's grass fed, there's then grass fed, grass finished, which is 100% grass fed, and then there's pastured. So a cow can be grass fed, but not necessarily on a pasture. Mm-hmm. So pasture refers to they're not, you know, enclosed that they're allowed to roam to eat. And so you really want to look for all of those, those mm-hmm. qualities. But here's the thing that, that I, I have been given some thought to is if you look at the rest of the world, like China, for example, China eats an, an amazing amount of organ meats. 
And if you ever go to like an Asian market, it's not necessarily, you don't go there and go like, oh, this is grass fed. It's not like the quality, they don't put an emphasis on, on that quality or how the animal is being raised or what it's being fed, but they do put a, put an emphasis on eating nose to tail. And so it makes me wonder if so much of the world is in Mexico is also one that eats very much nose to tail, but if so much of the rest of the world is putting more focus on just eating nose to tail and less on the quality. While I do support the quality of what we're talking about, I sometimes now wonder is getting the organ more important than the quality. So, and what I mean by that is, China has got a huge population, much larger than us. And, in, and for the most part, they're a lot healthier than us, right? And they're eating nose to tail, not focused on the quality. We're not eating nose to tail. And sometimes when we only focus on the quality, then we're limiting the amount of people that can eat it because it can be so expensive. It can be hard to find, you know what I mean? So, so I'm more and more trying to kind of put out that message of like, yes, okay, if you have a choice, look for this quality. Yeah. But if you don't have a choice and the, and the choice is I either eat an organ or I don't, I say eat the organ. And that's, I, I know that that's not necessarily popular, popular opinion, but I think it's similar to fish. You, know, you remember when fish was kind of becoming um, a focused product and it was like, oh, the mercury in the fish. And, and it became like, oh, everyone's stopping eating fish. It's like, no, no, no. And then they were like, no, no, no. Eating fish is important. So if you, if you, if it's about, if you're concerned about mercury, it's better to get the fish in than to not eat it. And I say the same thing with organs personally. And I'm curious, this is, as you said this, I'm, I'm wondering, we know obviously in the United States, we're pumping our cows full of estrogen, right. And growth hormone and everything yeah, else and antibiotics. Yeah. Right. Um, and I know it's not practiced in a lot of countries overseas. I'm curious, like, I'm, I don't know anything about China. So I'm curious if they do that or not. And so if it's not there either, like, I think that's a big component of it. When we have the antibiotics, the growth hormones, the estrogens, they're going to really, they're going to plump up. They're going to get big. They're being fed, you know, corn to be big. And then they're storing all those toxins in their fat. So, you know, maybe that's also part of it is they might be doing all their nose to tail, but they're also not pumping their animals full of a bunch of other stuff. It's totally possible. Yeah. And, and I'm not, I don't, I don't know how they raise their animals either. I, I, um, I do know certain countries like Switzerland, you know, they, so they, they, they raise their animals so clean. Right. You know, mm -hmm. so certain countries really do have a much better method. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just not sure about China, but, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, I think, I think it's very possible that they have different regulations than us, but I, I still, I, my, my biggest concern with health in general is I never want health to be a wealthy person's option. Like mm -hmm. I really, I, I'm kind of on a mission to make sure that we, we, we really make health obtainable for everyone because it should be based on your wallet, you know? And, and the other question, you know, ultimately I think we all have to ask is once again, what is healthy? I mean, I think, I think we get on these trends, these diets mm -hmm. and maybe you'll identify with this, but like, you know, I've been in the field, as I mentioned, for over 16 years. And as a, I started as a private chef. And so I, my job was to understand what were the diets out there and how do I cook for these diets and do it really well? Because I was getting, you know, I was with, I was working for celebrities. I was working for tons of people and they were all just following whatever the trend of the diet was. When I first started the, the, the trending diet was the fat flush diet. Okay. You know, so I had to learn everything. I had to learn all of it. And I would be a Guinea pig on myself. I think I did the master cleanse. I mean, I had to understand all these different things. <laughs> and, 
what ultimately I came, came to is that one, um, that's why I focus on whole foods because whole foods aren't a trend. Um, but two, I, I, I quickly realized that, um, that, that basically, gosh, I kind of just lost my thought with it. Um, <laughs> sorry, but, uh, but I, I, I just quickly learned to identify like, like that a lot. Oh, I know what I was going to say. So I, I quickly learned to identify that a lot of these trends are just simply trends. So like now we have like keto is really popular, right? And what happens when uh, these diets come out? What's the very first products that just get blown out like that, that, that get hit the market? Right. They start doing all like, and this is because I'm a huge keto person. However, I'm always that person that says, I don't want all the ketoized foods right? Yeah, like it's the d- desserts. It's yeah. desserts. It's always like these new diets, whenever they hit the market is yeah. the very first thing that gets pumped out to everybody. It was like, how can you still get your addictive foods, yeah. but within the confines of this diet? Right. To me, that's just like, it's just not a solution. It's just I like, agree. we're just continuing to pass. It's, it's kind of like the way we keep having the same conversation about abortions and, and versus life and, and, or whatever else of uh, uh, certain voting rights, you know, these same conversations, it's like, no, this is not a woman's body is her body. You know I mean? Stop these discussions. Yes. We don't want to have abortion, but, but you, you still deserve the right to choose. It's your body. You know what I mean? There's certain discussions that just should not be on the table anymore. And, 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 uh, I believe it's the same as around diets. Like, why are we still trying to fit sugary items, even though they're zero calorie into our diets? And so I just, I, I, I kind of, I, I know I'm kind of going off topic, but I just, uh, I just, I look, I look at trends and I just see, that's the kind of stuff I see is that it's this false portrayal of what's health, what healthy is. And the fact is, is we need to be able to get the sugar out of our diet because a, it's an addictive substance. And so the fact is if you, we are constantly, you know, getting the paleo, uh, treat or the keto treat or whatever it is, we're never getting the sugar out of the diet or the sweetness out of our diet. And therefore we're always constantly craving it. And we're in that horrible cycle that we just can't ever get out of. So it is going back to nature, going back as you know, I'm a very much like, let's look at how our ancestors lived. Were they in keto all the time? No, they were no. not in ketosis all the time. It was in adaptative uh, state. So they go in and out. And so that's what I'm a huge fan of cyclical keto and all sorts of stuff like that. But here's the deal. If somebody is listening to this and they're like, okay, I get it now. Most nutrient dense part of the animal. I probably need to start incorporating organ meats. How do I do this? Yeah. I know yeah, you've got a way to kind of stage into easing, um, easing oh, into yes, yes. organ meats. So well, I, I should probably finish. So the sourcing is that we talked about the hundred percent grass fed, the pastured, mm-hmm. but then where do you find that? And the reality is, is, is that feeds into the easing in. So, so you can definitely do a search online. Um, there, there's us wellness meat sells them. I mean, there's so many, you do any search, just do a search for, you know, hundred percent grass fed organ meats or beef organ meats, if you want, and tons of options will come up. Most of them will ship out. You can also go to your local market and see, of course, farmer's markets are a great option as well. Just talk to the farmer. A lot of times they don't bring the organs, um, all the organs to the market because they don't think they'll sell. But if you talk to them and say, hey, can I get the tongue? Can I get this? Can I get that? They'll be able to sell it to you. And most likely they'd be happy to sell to you. But when you're easing into organs, pluck is actually the gateway. Like pluck, the the, the organ-based seasoning that I created, it has five organs. It has liver, kidney, heart, spleen, and pancreas. 
and it tastes good and you don't need to know how to cook. You can put it on your to-go food if you're eating out, right? You can literally sprinkle it on anything and it ups the nutrition of that thing. And now you're getting micro uh, dosing of organ meats with frequent use equals the accumulative effect. So it's just a gateway. You can hide it in food, whatever. It doesn't matter. No one even needs to know what it is. You can just sprinkle it on things like salt and pepper. An easy way for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. So that to me, that's the gateway of getting organ meats. Cause now you're starting to change your palate because pluck has got a new mommy because organ meats have umami. And so it's starting to shift your palate and get you open and then trying organ meats. So gateway pluck. And then next step is I would advise you buy a beef liver, but when you get that beef liver, it usually comes frozen, keep it frozen. And here's what you do. Then you take that beef liver out and let's say you're making uh, some spaghetti sauce or using or hamburgers, anything with ground meat. And it doesn't necessarily have to just be beef. It could be lamb. It could even be turkey. It doesn't matter. Then just take your grater and grate that frozen liver, grate like a tablespoon in it first, and then up it to another tablespoon and keep it at like about 20 to 25% of whatever the ground mix is. So if you have a pound of ground meat, that's about a fourth of a cup of grated beef liver. So I find that if you go beyond that, it's, it's the taste starts to come through the texture changes. So our goal when you're easing into organ meats is to not have that happen. We don't want the taste to come through and we don't want the texture change because we don't want anyone to know. We don't want to, we, we don't want you to feel like you're sacrificing anything by getting organ meats into your diet. So that's step two. Step three is, well, I should add with step two, there are some already pre-ground meat uh, combos like uh, forces of force of nature has a uh, ancestral blend that already has liver and heart in it. So you can find those as well. And that's, that can sometimes be in the freezer aisle of your market and that's called forces and force of nature. Um, but step three then would be, okay. Um, you're now starting to get the taste for these organ meats, but now try, try it where it's not the, the main thing of the meal, but where it's got a, it's you're incorporating it. So what I recommend is you then step into doing like tongue, beef tongue, or even a heart chicken hearts. Like you try an organ, but, but you're not keeping it in that shape. So what happens is when you cook a tongue, for example, you cook the tongue, no different than you would like braise a meat. It's, it's very identical. You can put it in your, um, your, your pressure cooker, or your slow cooker, um, put it with some seasoning, add a little liquid. And it's like, it just, it just cooks just like any braised meat. But what happens is that tongue's got a sheath on it and you just, it kind of starts to peel off after you've cooked it for about an hour, but you, you, you take out that sheath and what's underneath is this meat that is extremely close to muscle meat. It really is basically a muscle and it, you can then take that out stick it in your oven under the broiler, crisp it up, have, you know, put some seasonings on it, crisp it up. And then it shreds just like carnitas and then make oh. beef tongue tacos. And so then huh. to my point is you don't really think about the fact I'm eating tongue. You're just like, Oh, it looks like shredded beef. Yeah. You know, and you can do the same with chicken hearts, not in terms of the cooking, but what you can do is chop them up really small and stick them into the dish and it will look like you have little mushrooms in it or something, diced mushrooms. And you won't think I'm eating heart, but chicken hearts are so mild and they take on the flavor of whatever you're using. So they're just an easy organ to assimilate And the heart, as I said, is closer to muscle meat. Mm -hmm. So those, those are kind of like three steps to ease in. And then, you know, next step would be, okay, now 
front and center, take the organ and make it front and center, have like a liver and onions dish or something like that. But the easing in will help to adapt your palate and your sensibility. Cause we have to remember we're emotional eaters. You know, we're, we're all food and psychology go our hand in hand. So you, you got to think about the fact that, okay, we're not only deterred by the taste, but we're also deterred by touching it and the look of it and the texture of it. So any way that you can ease into all three of those, the, the, the taste, the look, the texture is going to support your psychology around the food. I love it. Those are so simple. I think I have a funny story to, you'll probably laugh with this, maybe not, or just some of our listeners might be grossed out by it on Facebook. I'm watching because my friends are right. Like we're all crunchy, holistic people. And so one of the girls is like trying to figure out how to get beef liver into my kids' smoothies. So literally did a slice of raw beef liver, threw it in the smoothie. She's like, kids didn't tell, <laughs> couldn't yeah. tell. So she's like, so I upped it the next day. Still couldn't tell. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, At one point, if those kids knew what was in that smoothie right now. But I know so many of us have done that with our kids where it's like, well, maybe they won't know some spinach is in here, but raw beef yeah. liver, I had to laugh. <laughs> no, I mean, that's true. It's like, there is, there is a ratio and that's kind of mm -hmm. what it meant for me. I discovered it was around 20, 25%. But there really is a ratio you can you you can do up to a certain amount. No one will even know. And yep. I'm all about like any organ is better than no organ. That's my whole philosophy. It's just yep. we, we are missing these foods from our diet. They're incredibly nutrient rich. But what's also really key about that is they are bioavailable. And we cannot lose sight of that because all these packaged foods have synthetic vitamins. A lot of times it's not measured how much. So you're, you don't know how much your body's getting how much it's not getting. A lot of them are not even absorbable in your body. So they just get peed out. I mean, we're just, we're kind of being fooled into thinking we're getting these nutrient rich foods and they're just not, they're not at all. I agree. And this is where I always tell my patients because we use standard process, right? And so it's coming from a farm in Wisconsin and then it's a bunch of cows. Standard um, process is a great brand. Yeah. I love them, love them. But, um, you know, the B vitamins, they're like, but my, my patients would be like, but my urine's not bright yellow. I'm like, yeah, you need to realize that bright yellow is a byproduct of coal tar. And do you think your body knows what to do with that? You know? So I'm like, you know, versus you think of the nutrients you can actually get like the B vitamins that are found in the organ meats. Oh, so they're off the charts. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. B12, of course, yes. being one of the most dominant, but the, you know, if you think about it, you mentioned, uh, um, your pregnant mamas, right? Yeah. It's like, if you look at prenatals, so oh. science is telling us to use prenatals when, when you're trying to get pregnant and when you are pregnant, right? <laughs> well, what's in a prenatal? Oh, it's vitamin B, it's vitamin A, it's vitamin B, it's folate, it's all, you know, the list goes on, you know, um, it's all the different, you know, C, D, E, K, you know, uh, iron, calcium, copper, magnesium, all, all these things, right? But folate being a very big, big, important one. And if you look at what's in a prenatal and then you look at what's in organ meats, it's like, oh wait, organ meat has all of it plus more. So it's like, um, isn't that interesting that the thing science is saying is gonna help you create life is already in organ meats. And it only makes sense, right? Like right. <laughs> we're here trying to reinvent the wheel and it's like, wait a minute, like I think whoever created us actually knew what they were doing. And the other thing that I wanna make a comment because so often now we hear the MTHFR defects so much and that has to do with the folate and folic acid. And if our bodies, cause so many of us have this genetic defect and we can't synthesize that or not or uh, break it down properly. So unfortunately, when women are loading up on some of those, it's not, it can't be so beneficial if they happen to have one of the MTHFR genes. 
So it's going to be so much easier to get the nutrients from an actual whole food source because your body knows what to do with that versus the coal tar, right. That I had just said. So, especially when you said that about uh, the prenatals, I'm like, Oh, this is a big one because we up our vitamins a ton when we're pregnant ladies. Right. And if there is, if we have not tested for an MTHFR defect, we've had people on the podcast where they talked about this, where they, the woman continued to miscarry and couldn't figure out why. And it was because of all of these excess, uh, the B vitamins they were doing that they couldn't methylate. They couldn't, they couldn't break down. So, yeah, I imagine then the question comes up is like, okay, if you're eating organs, should you be taking a, a prenatal and what, what do you usually tell your, you know, I, if we're going to do something like that, we're going to be doing a whole food prenatal and you know what I mean? And I look at standard process. They don't have a straight up prenatal, but we're going to look at individual Catalin was the world's first multivitamin, right? Like we can go through all of that. And so often I have a conversation all the time where people are saying, but on the side, it's not saying like, you know, the thousand percent of the RDA value. And I'm like, right. But again, when it's synthesized in a lab, when it's made in a lab, we can have those numbers when you're grabbing it from the farm, it's not going to be that high, but your body knows what to do with it a lot easier. Yeah. I think it's such an important distinction because, you know, you hear a lot when, when people talk about beef livers, the, the fear of getting too much vitamin A, for example. Yeah. And, and that is the important distinction is when it's coming from a whole food source, your body can either assimilate it or get rid yes, of it. It, it, it can process it. It knows what to do with it. It's mm-hmm. when it's synthetic, your body doesn't know what to do with Has it. no idea. Can, yeah. And you can get, you can enter into a danger zone and um, of getting too much. So it's a non-issue when you eat it, you get it from a whole food source. And I really think like how much liver would you have to eat to get to that point? Because people are typically so deficient anymore. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't think we're going to be eating liver three times a day for the next 30 years. Like maybe then we're going to be looking at it that way. So I think, yeah, I 100% agree with you. What I, and I find that, you know, our, our skills of intuitive eating are real. Like we do Mm -hmm. innately have the ability to intuitively, we just lost touch with it, but similar to when you lick salt, like sea salt, for example, you're, you can test this, this theory, which is you take some of the salt, your body starts going, Oh, I want this. I want this. But then at one point it says, no, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And it's so clear. You just, at one point you cannot do any more salt. It's like you, it will taste bad. Right. And the same thing happens with organ meats. If you, if you start eating liver and it's like, your body's like, Oh, this is so good. I want more and more, more. Your body will tell you you're good. You're good. Don't need any more. That's exactly it. Like the element, uh, electrolyte caps that I use, you know, there's a day I'll be like, okay, one, I'm fine. The next day I'm like, I think I need more. And then you reach that point halfway through your drink. You're like, all right, there, uh, this is salt. I am done, (laughs) but it is, it's intuitive that way. And I like how you said that because oftentimes I hate when people are like, I intuitive eat, I wanted an Oreo today. And I'm like, no, that's just stupid. No, that's emotional. (laughs) Yeah. That's, 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 that's an addiction. A lot of times. Yeah, that's addiction and or like you're probably deficient in something and you're just craving sugar because you're not getting enough fat. You know, there's something else, but totally. Right, totally. Right, right. Or it's marketing, it's marketing influence, it's psychosis. I mean, there's so many different things it could be when you're craving something that's not found in nature, then yeah, there's there's something else on going on. I agree. 100% parasites, candida, all sorts of stuff. Right? Totally, totally. It could be so many things. Yeah. All right, James, tell them where they can find you. And I know we have a coupon code for them too, but- yeah. um. Yeah. Uh, so pluck is available at eatpluck.com. And um, I, you'll, I'm sure you'll post yeah. your. We'll put the key code. code. It was Dr. Lisa O. Yeah. Excellent. And, um, and yeah, give it a try. What's, what's really cool about pluck is it's extremely versatile. So it, even though it's coming from uh, a cow source, bovine source, you can put it on everything. I mean, we put it on fish. I tried it on oysters and it's like amazing. Um, 
popcorn. My kids love it on popcorn. If you eat popcorn, uh, rice, people tell me it's great. Um, potatoes, it's so good on. I mean, like you, you, it's just endless. It's just because it, it's really about that umami. It's like it, you, you really don't, you want to almost not think about it as an animal product. It's more of an umami product. And umami is really, the, it's the fifth taste. So we have sweet, sour, salty, and bitter. And umami is that fifth one. And what umami does, it's kind of, uh, it's savory, it's kind of meaty, but it makes the other four unique tastes even better. So it actually, when you, when you put pluck on other foods, it actually makes the food taste better. So you'll just be prepared if you start using it, that you may start getting lots of compliments on your cooking. If you want those, <laughs> use it. Awesome. I love it. And this is the best way to like help, help all of our diets improve and especially our children. Yeah. So thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And, um, and yeah, and thank you for pushing organ meats. I so appreciate what you do. Absolutely. Did you like that episode? I absolutely love having the opportunity to interview some of the best and brightest guests and to share them with all of you. So if I may ask you a huge favor, I would love it if you went on over to Apple Podcast and gave us a review. I personally read each and every one of them as they come in and I am always inspired by your feedback. So I would be so appreciative if you did that. And here is The Legalese. All content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests in her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms, is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I hear it all the time. How do I get my kids to eat fruits and vegetables? How can I get them to take a multivitamin? Or even for our adults, I hate fruits and vegetables. How do I incorporate some of the great benefits of this? This is why I created the Nourish Super Greens and Super Reds. You are going to love them. They are all organic. You have organic green blend and an organic red antioxidant blend. But what else I love about this... I brought in immune support as well. So we have such amazing superfoods, all of the different mushrooms that are in there, along with digestive enzymes. And you can just mix it into your smoothie. You can mix it into some water, but it tastes good. There are no added sugars. You're going to love it. So just click the link below or go to drlisao.com and click the shop button.